Jesus. You're precious. Hallelujah. He's so precious. He's so precious. Hallelujah. He's so precious. Hallelujah. He's our beloved. Hallelujah. Seems incredible that we can have a love affair with Jesus. <laughs> it seems incredible that you can have this intimate connection with God through His Son. You know, what I'm, I believe God's put on my heart, it's been there for about three weeks, and everybody is, even Luke last week, he preached all around where God's brought me. And then there, there's been so many instances of, of people talking about Gethsemane. And uh, I believe it's a special lesson we can learn about Gethsemane. Hallelujah. Because it's where Jesus laid his heart bare before God. And I believe, you know, in these last days we need to lay our heart open to God. Right, fully open. I'm starting at Hebrews 5, 8 to 9. And this is what it says about Jesus. Though he was a son, and it's a capital son, it means God's son, yet learned he obedience through the things he suffered. Have you ever thought about the obedience of Christ to what his father had sent him for? Hallelujah. It's a marvellous obedience. Hallelujah. And then it says, and being made perfect, hallelujah, he became the author of eternal salvation unto all them that obey him. What a wonderful, what a wonderful text that is, Paul wrote there. Hallelujah. You see, because he was obedient, we benefit. Hallelujah. But isn't it that Christ is our example to have that same obedience? Hallelujah. Uh, Matthew 11, verse 29. This is what Jesus said to us. Come unto me, all the ye that labour and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn this is the word that God spoke to me learn of me hallelujah we have to learn from Jesus hallelujah go to Bible schools fine they'll teach you about Jesus but the only way to learn about Jesus is to have him inside and have a relationship with him hallelujah you can have a relationship through your head but God wants a relationship through your heart, through the innermost part of you. He wants to relate to you in a way that's going to impact you. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek. 
It says somewhere that he was meek above, above all men. He was meek. And lowly in heart. That's, he didn't, that doesn't mean say he was low down, he was lowly. He was lowly in heart in the fact that he opened himself up to people. Hallelujah. He wasn't closed, a closed shop. You know? You shall find rest unto your souls. And this is the wonderful thing it says, for my yoke is easy, my burden is light. Isn't that wonderful? You see, when you're yoked to things in the world, you know, we, we think of horses pulling carts and things like that. They're yoked. There's something around their neck which is holding them back and they have to pull like that. But you see, the yoke of the Holy Spirit is not, not heavy. It's light. And it's easy. The difficult part about it, as far as I'm concerned, is being, like we started out, being obedient to the promptings of the Holy Spirit. Obedience is hard, isn't it? Hallelujah. Jesus made it easy because he is trying to instruct us and teach us that it needn't be hard to do what God wants us to do in our lives. He wants to make it easy. You know, I thank God that I begin to learn some of it. <laughs> Take me 63, 64 years now to learn what I know about Jesus. And I realise it's, it's not about me. It's not what I can do. It's not what I can think. It's not what I can attain to even. It's just being what he made me by his Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. There's power in being what God has made you. Hallelujah. So often we try to be something we're not. Hallelujah. I'm very unsophisticated, really. If you get around me, you'll realise I'm, I'm not very sophisticated. It's all an act that you see. <laughs> it's a big act, but there's something real inside of me. Hallelujah. Which, which makes me do things that I wouldn't normally do. Hallelujah. God's given me an interest and a way of doing things. Now, one of the, one of the things that I've, I've done today before I come to this meeting is to wait on God. You see, when I get in God's presence, somehow, when you're in God's presence, you shut up. <laughs> when you're aware of God's presence, you, 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 come, you come to the point where you realise that you've got nothing in your armoury. You've got nothing really to say to him. Only, Lord, have your way. Be real in my life. Just move in my life, you know. And God wants to use us and work through us. And he taught, and this is, in, it wasn't what he prayed when he taught Matthew 6 and 7. Um, it says here, verse 7 of Matthew 6, but when you pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathen do. In another translation it says, don't babble. 
How easy it is to get before God and babble, like we do to our, to our friends. You know, we babble on, don't we? I know I do it all the while, I babble. Not making much sense, you know. And God must be bored out of his mind when we start to babble. <laughs> Use not vain repetitions as heathen do. But you see, God is saying... For they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. Do you know how many times do we think we'll be heard because of how much we say to God? It's not a sum total of what you can say to God. It's what you say. Have your way, Lord, in my life. Speak the words you want to speak. And this is the wonderful thing it says. Be not ye therefore like unto them for your father knoweth what things ye have need of before you ask that's the God that I believe in the God of provision he's already provided for us he knows everything you need to live your life and if you yield to him life will be a lot more straightforward because God has a way that you can walk hallelujah and you the way you walk I believe is to say Lord have your way Lord have your way in this situation Lord may I be able to cope with this situation like Jesus did when he was in the garden of Gethsemane let's go to the garden of Gethsemane Matthew 26 verse 36 then cometh Jesus with them in, unto a place called Gethsemane and said unto his disciples sit ye here while I go and pray yonder and he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee James and John and began to be sorrowful very heavy then he said unto them my soul is exceeding sorrowful even unto death Tarry ye here and watch with me. So he left them there, and he went a little farther and fell on his face and prayed, saying, O Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but thou wilt. Jesus said in John 10, I just don't need to come there with me. Stay where you are. Seventeen and eighteen. Therefore doth my father love me, because I lay down my life that I might take it again. No man taketh it from me, but I lay it down of myself. This is the wonderful word. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it again. This commandment have I received of my Father. Hallelujah. You see, Jesus knew the path he would take. And it's not wrong, as he shows us here, that we should be sorrowful and we should be burdened down with that path. Because that is the way the flesh is subdued. You see? 
Jesus was dealing with his flesh there. And what he was saying, he was dealing with the flesh. And most of our goings on in life are dealing with the flesh. The flesh is still very much alive in me, I can tell you. He tries to restrict what I can do. And I, you, we have to cry out to God sometimes to, to, to give us the strength to overcome what we feel, what's going on in our lives. We do need the strength of God every moment of our life. And not just when you come on a Sunday. It's every moment of your life you need to be strengthened by the Holy Spirit. There's so many things that, that come against us. And they're not the devil. They're your flesh. Let's get this straight. Your flesh is more of a problem to you than your devil can ever be. Because the devil is limited to what he can do in your life because of the blood of Jesus. There's a barrier he cannot pass over. Hallelujah. Keep covered under the blood. But your flesh isn't covered under the blood in, in the way that I, you, you are protected from the devil. Your flesh will always be with you. And your flesh is selfish. Your flesh wants, you, wants to have his way. He says, you deserve that. You deserve that. You deserve a rest from all these things. But, you know, the wonderful thing, and this is what I, I, God was showing me, in, in yielding his life and laying his life down, he was making himself vulnerable. I know I've talked about this before, but vulnerable. You see, uh, there are at least two occasions that I can think of, Luke 4 and 28. Uh, just soon after Jesus revealed who he was in the synagogue, that he was the one that had been promised in Isaiah, uh, almost immediately after when he told them the truth about things, they tried to throw him off a cliff. If you want to read it, it's in John 4. Uh, yeah, Luke, Luke 4, 28 to 30. They tried to throw him off a cliff, and it says he walked through them. Right? There's all these people trying to throw him off a cliff. There was a multitude trying to get rid of him. What he said was blasphemy, they thought. And yet, Jesus had the power to just walk through. That's the power that Jesus had. He didn't need, he said somewhere, he didn't need to call 10,000 angels. He was empowered of God. He was anointed of God. And the anointing will carry you through things. It will carry you through situations that you think are, un, are impossible. Hallelujah. But Jesus was laying that down in Gethsemane. He was laying down that power. And he, uh, if you read in uh, John 18, 3 and 6, don't need to go there. Well, I will. I'll read it to you. It's better to read it. It's, I'll start at three. Judas then, having received a band of men and officers from the chief priests and Pharisees, cometh thither with lanterns and torches and weapons. Jesus, therefore, knowing all these things that should come upon him, went forth and said unto them, Whom seek you? He'd just come out of the garden of Gethsemane. They answered him, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus said unto them, I am he. And Judas also, which believed, betrayed him, stood with them. And as soon then as he had said unto them, I am he, 
They went backward and fell to the ground. Can you imagine all these men with swords and staves and all the rest of them that come to take Jesus into captivity? The whole lot of them, it says there, fell down to the ground, flat to the ground. Can you imagine it? And the reason I believe they fell is because Jesus used the name of God. I am he. And yet, he went on to permit them to take him captive. That's where he, when he laid down his life for us. He allowed them to take him and do all those horrible things that they did to him and finish up crucifying him. He allowed that to happen. And you know, I believe God wants that to happen in our lives as well. To allow him to deal with our flesh. Hallelujah. You see, our flesh is strong. And yet it's weak. And it has no power. But with Jesus and with the Holy Spirit living in us, we have power from God. Hallelujah. Bless your name, Lord. I'm going back to Matthew. And he came unto the disciples and finding them asleep and said unto Peter, What could ye not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray that ye enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. What was he asking them to do? Watch and pray. Watch and pray. What is he asking us to do? To watch and pray. That we don't enter into temptation from the flesh. And he came and found them asleep. Their eyes were heavy. And then he said to them, sleep on now and take your rest. Behold, the hour is at hand. And the Son of Man is betrayed into the hand of sinners. Rise, let us be going. Behold, he is at hand that doth betray me. Father, I just thank you that Jesus made the ultimate sacrifice for us. And I pray, Lord Jesus, that we might realise that we have the opportunity to lay our lives on the altar again that we might be used of God in every part of our lives. We ask it in the name of Jesus. So how do we relate this to Joanna and her passing? I believe in The situation that's gone on with Joanna over the last couple of months, we have seen 
the power of God moving amongst us in a mighty way. Hallelujah. God has brought us to a position where we see our life is, is something that's not eternal, our life on earth. But we have an eternal destiny that God has given us, each one of us. And I believe whether we live or die doesn't matter a lot. The ultimate thing is that we, when we die, we go to be with Jesus. Hallelujah. And we can comfort ourselves that she's with Jesus. We may not understand the complications of why she died so young. The more I unravel her life and see things that happened in her life and see the, the, the situations with her, within her life which could not be resolved because of things she'd done in the past. I'm not condemning her, but we have to be careful when we're living our lives not to put ourselves in a vulnerable position like she put herself into a vulnerable position in so many different ways. I can't go into details. Wouldn't be right to do that. But I see lots of things and mistakes that she made in her life which ultimately led to what to her passing over. It's God's way of protecting us. I've seen it so often. God brings us to a point when we have to lay our lives on the altar like Jesus did. I'm so grateful that she laid her life into the hands of God and said, Lord, take me. I'm so grateful that Josie, who you may remember, she came to the point where she said, Jesus, take me. I'm so glad that Pete's Pam, exactly the same thing. Before they passed over, they, they asked God to take them home. And you see, the thing about it is when, when God takes you home, all the complicated things you've done and said and all the other stuff is over. Because it's, it's, does, it's worthless. It means nothing, really. All the things you do, which you're not instructed to do by the Holy Spirit, are wood, hay and stubble. The gold is being obedient, like Jesus was being obedient. The gold is your obedience to God. Hallelujah. And how do I learn to be obedient? You take the yoke of God upon you. Now that's not a yoke that's onerous, it's for your benefit. Jesus doesn't want to be, let's face it, Jesus doesn't want to be yoked up to you, you're a, you're a problem to him. <laughs> he wants to be yoked up to you so that he can take some of the burdens off your shoulders, that he can carry you through when you feel, when you, feel you can't go on. There's many people we all get there sometimes. We feel, how can I face that situation? Just snuggle up to Jesus. Hallelujah. It's not wooden yoke. It's a yoke of love. 
That's the wonderful thing about Jesus. Everything about him is love. There's nothing, that, there's nothing there that's, that's, that's onerous. That's the only word I can think of. Hallelujah. So if you're hurting, and we're all hurting a little bit because of the loss of this young lady standing here. So many times we're hurting. But Jesus will comfort us. He'll show us. I don't know what she's doing up there, but I, I reckon... You see, I think the characters we have down here are quite often quite reflective when we get to heaven. <laughs> I think they are. God wouldn't have made, us, made you like you are. You're a one-off. He made you like that so they could enjoy you. Hallelujah. Wouldn't it be boring if we were all the same? Wouldn't we be a boring lot? But God makes us individuals. You're special to God. He made you in a special way. Some people... You wonder why God, you know, you, you, you look at some of the animals in the world and you think, what a peculiar thing that is. You look at little insects and you think, what, how peculiar it is. But God made it to glorify him. Hallelujah. And the more you look at these things, even that you see, we look at a wasp as being an aggressive, horrible thing. But God made it. And it's got a purpose in life. It clears up all your mess. <laughs> it, it keeps God's, God's world tidy. Now we might say, well, I can't, I can't comprehend why, why God made moss. We, you'd like to kill it off. But if all the wasps in the world disappeared, the world would be a worse place. That's, that's the same. And it's the same with us. <laughs> God made us like we are. But if we weren't here, the world would be worse for that. Isn't that wonderful? So you're precious to God. As I read yesterday, precious in the sight of God is the death of his saints. Hallelujah. It's, we're precious. How precious it is. Hallelujah. She's precious. He took her home. Hallelujah. We should be comforted by that. Hallelujah. And it says comfort one another with this sort. Hallelujah. Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you with an everlasting love. Hallelujah. And he wants to change your life. Hallelujah. And bring you into something greater. Hallelujah. I'm, a, I'm approaching 82 and I'm finding things about myself that I never knew. <laughs> now you think you know yourself, wouldn't you? <laughs> you think you know yourself. You think you really know yourself. <laughs> Only God knows you. And he loves you. So you must be something good about you. <laughs> Bless you. So I love you guys. You've been such a comfort to me and a strength over this past few months. Thank you for being you. Amen. <laughs>